0: we to take our Bibles this morning. First Chronicles, Old Testament book, First Chronicles. Not First Corinthians, First Chronicles. Members, if you'll look around you, please help our, our guests and visitors to find their place in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to look at two verses this morning First Chronicles 4, verses 9 to 10. If you are a guest or visitor here today, first time returning, welcome to Heritage Baptist Church. We're honored you're here this morning. And we want you just to have a very enjoyable uh, worship service with us today. And we do encourage you, uh, for the church members tonight, we're having the Lord's table this evening after the preaching time. I'll be preaching uh, a continuation of the series on family portraits. And we're going to see a really good study tonight on the the son of Jacob named Issachar. We're going to see some things about him. And then next Sunday is our Vision Sunday. You don't want to miss next Sunday as we start unveiling and talking about some things about what to expect for the upcoming year and New Year's. And then for uh, the 20th, we're privileged to have Dr. David Gibbs Jr. with us as our special preacher for our anniversary Sunday with a lot of things going on for that. And then our Bible conference, Brother Denny alluded to Monday and Tuesday night with Brother Ouellette. And then Sunday, the 27th, we'll continue continuation of of that with... um, our banquet in the evening. So please get your tickets tonight, uh, this morning, for that. We want you to all be here, and we have just a, an overflowing crowd of people for the banquet. First Chronicles 4, say amen if you're there. Amen. Verse 9, follow as I read this, please. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. What a prayer. Did you pray that this morning? And notice what happens. And God granted him that which he requested. This morning I want us to look at what I'm going to call a New Year's prayer. As I was preparing and praying over this passage, it's changed me. It's changing me. It needs to change you. After I'm done this morning, I pray that your praying will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. As we start the sermon, I'm reminded this morning about a man who was walking by himself and just kind of meditating on things. He's walking down the coastline down in Southern California, one of the Southern California beaches. And he just got this motivation as a Christian to start praying and talking to God. And he lifted his eyes up to heaven and started talking to the Lord. And he asked God to, to just do some things in his life. And he said, Lord, would you answer this prayer for me? And the Lord said, well, yes, I'll answer the prayer. What's your prayer? What's your request? And the man said, Lord, I'd like to ask that you would build a bridge from here in Southern California all the way to Hawaii so that I can go back and forth driving to there whenever I want to go there. And the Lord answered the man back and said, Sir, your request is very materialistic. He said, Think of the logistics of that kind of undertaking. The supports required to reach the bottom of the Pacific, the concrete and steel it would take. He said, I can do it, but it's hard for me to justify your desire for worldly things. Take a little more time and think about another request, a request that you think would honor and glorify me. Well, the man thought for a few minutes very deeply. He thought, well, I thought maybe God would build a bridge for me. He, said, he started thinking for a minute. He said, Lord, I've got a new request. He said, what's your request? He said, Lord, here's my request. Lord, my request is I want you to help me to understand my wife. I want to know how she feels on the inside, what she's thinking when she gives me the silent treatment why she cries sometimes, what she means when she says nothing, and how I can make my life truly happy. After a few seconds, God looked at the man and says, do you want the bridge to have one lane or two lanes? <laughs> and I think a lot of times we think about our prayers, we wonder, will God answer our prayers? But you notice verse 10, and this is the title of our message. Jabez, or as the Hebrews say, Yabez. Bless me. Bless me. Lord, bless me. Don't you want God's blessing? Didn't you ask that of God? Bless me. There's some conditions tied to God's blessing. You might be a junior hire. You might be a youth. You might be someone who's retired. You still pray the same prayer. God, bless me. Let's see this morning how this man got his prayer answered from God. Father, bless our service this morning. Come down upon us in a fresh way. Cleanse us from sins and filthiness and distractions. Lord, this morning, cause every mind to be brought captive to the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ. I need liberty to preach. I need the fresh anointing of God. So that this morning your people will be feeling in their heart a sense in their soul, a desire of praying what Jabez prayed. Bless me. Father, would you have your way in our hearts? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I came across recently some prayers that were prayed by children. And these were actually recorded in writing. I want you to listen to some of these prayers. It's amazing. Children sometimes have a little bit more imagination than you and I have about praying. Listen to this. A girl named Debbie, age seven, prayed this prayer to God. She said, Dear God, please send a new baby for mommy. The new baby you sent last week cries too much. Jimmy, age six, prayed this prayer to God. He says, Dear God, who did you make smarter, boys or girls? He said, My sister and I want to know. Norma, age 8, prayed this prayer. She said, Dear God, how many angels are there in heaven? She said, I'd like to know that because I want to be the first kid in my class to know the answer for the test. Hank, age 7, prayed this prayer. He said, Dear God, he says, Thank you for the nice day today. You, eat, you even fooled the TV weatherman by giving us the night weather today. Uh, Agnes, age 6, she prayed this. She said, Dear God, please bring me a new brother. The one I have right now it always hits me all the time, and I need a new brother, Lord. Lois age nine parades. She said, Dear God, please help me in school. I need help in spelling, adding history, geography, and writing. I don't need help in anything else, but Lord, would you please answer that prayer and help me in these areas there? And then we have a prayer by a young child that, named Diane. She was age eight. She said, Dear God, I'm saying my prayers for me and my brother Billy because Billy is six months old and he can't do anything but sleep and wet his diapers. Would you help Billy, please, Lord? And so this morning as we think about prayer, Sometimes our praying can be very short. Sometimes our prayers can be very brief. Sometimes our prayers seem kind of just out of, just kind of out, out there. We wonder, well, God answer my prayers. Today we're looking at a man who gives us a model for New Year's prayer. Now many of us, as we start off the New Year, we encourage our church to read through the Bible during the year. And I get so encouraged by many people at the end of the year who just got kind of to send me a message and say, Pastor, just, I'm thankful God helped me to read through the Bible this year. I went through all the Old Testament, New Testament, and several have read through the Bible several times, and several have read through the New Testament several times, at least the Old Testament one or two times. And as they do so, as you do so and I do so, many times we come to the book of First Chronicles. As you get to the book of First Chronicles, you notice that as we start, it starts telling us. What we call the genealogies of certain people in the Bible. We start reading this and we wonder from chapter 1 through chapter 9, is there any blessing we can get as we read through these, these, these genealogies? We start out with Adam. We find our way to Abraham. We start reading in chapter 3 about the descendants of Judah. We find our way to David in chapter 3. And then we're back in chapter 4. We see the tribe of Judah. And as we're reading all these, these things, we read about this, uh, this person had this son and this person had these sons and this man had these sons and these grandsons and so forth we keep reading this and we're just kind of wondering i don't recognize these names i'm not even sure i could even pronounce these names right and then all of a sudden we come to first chronicles 4 9 and in verse 9 it gives us the name of a man by the name of jabez jabez is only mentioned once in the bible right here in chapter four first chronicles there's only two verses that describe jabez But if we miss what's here in chapter 4 of 1 Chronicles about Jabez and his prayer, we're probably going to miss something very significant and substantial for your life and mine. In verse 10, Jabez prayed, bless me. He said, bless me indeed. Bless me, O God. We want God to bless us. We want God to help us. Invariably, you've prayed through last year. You even prayed this morning, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless my family. Lord, bless my church. Lord, bless the teaching of your word. Bless me. This morning, we're going to look at the application, of this prayer to your life and mine as a starter for 2019 as we look at this man who prayed, bless me. Notice, first of all, today, we see Jabez and his pain. Now, we look at the man Jabez, we we want to know a lot of things about this man. Notice we know very little about his ending, but we know something about his beginning. Jabez, notice in this verse, verse 9, we know something about this man, and it's a description about his pain. Look at the last part of verse 9. It says, his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him in sorrow. We have the start of this man's life. His mother said, I bear him bore him in sorrow. We see this man in the start of his life. The very first thing mentioned is mother named him sorrow or painful. Now we're not sure if he got that name because she had a difficult travail as she gave birth. We're not sure she gave him that name because maybe the father had died. We're not sure she gave him that name because maybe she had some hardships of her own. We're not sure she gave that name because maybe she had some complications as she was giving birth and she knew that her life was going to end. The Bible doesn't tell us why. We just know when thing the Bible says in verse 9 that his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bear him in sorrow From the very moment this boy entered the world and his lungs started to cry out this man this young little baby which became a man was born in sorrow he experienced pain he experienced struggles he experienced difficulties he experienced hardship his start was one that was difficult in Job chapter 5 verse 7 Job said this Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Job fourteen one, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. The psalmist said this. David said in Psalm 51 verse 5. Behold I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. We see this man, his starting point. It starts out not as one with happiness and not one that's rejoicing. And not one that is, is, is just excited about his birth. His birth, his entering into the world was one that was difficult. His name means pain. We see this man, Jabez, and his start. But notice we see Jabez and his stigma. Notice, if you would, this name that he had, he could not change this name. The stigma associated with it is every time someone would call his name, they probably would hesitate. They'd say, there's Jabez. And then they would stop. They would say, hey, hey, Jabez. And they would wait a minute. And they would think, why would your mother call you sorrow? From the moment he was a little child to all the way to adulthood, he carried the stigma of a life that was associated with sorrow and pain and difficulty. He grew up with sadness, maybe even in bitterness. Can you imagine going to school and the teacher asking him in kindergarten, son, what's your name? Yabez or Jabez? And she would stop for a minute and hesitate. Why would your name be Sorrow? Can you imagine him going out on the basketball court and the boys choosing teams and they'd say, what's your name? he says, Yabez or Jabez. And the boys would stop and say, why? Why would your name be called Sorrow? Other boys like us, somewhere along the way, God God would be in their name or the Lord would be in their name. They would have a name like Zechariah my father remembers or they'd have something like Eliezer my God is my helper but not Yabez Yabez was a young boy that grew up with a name that meant sorrow and pain and difficulty whatever it was. He carried the stigma wherever he went. The stigma followed him. He was not that kind of person that would say nobody knows the troubles that I've seen. It could be that his name precluded him from good jobs. It could be that his name precluded him from being on the, on the winning team. It could be that his name precluded him from getting opportunities to go further. As he grew up, he just felt this pain in his heart. He was pushed off. He was ostracized. He was isolated from other people. He knew something about what it meant to have a lonely life and a hurting life and a difficult life. He knew pain. Listen, this morning, it might be as you finish 2018... And you started 2019. The pain of last year has carried over to this year. The difficulties you face are still there. And maybe the challenges you have because of a health ailment are still with you this year. And you're thinking, what's going to change this year? And you feel like you've got a stigma associated with you because of an illness, because of a tragedy, because of a heartache, because of some situation you have. Listen, this morning we look at this man by the name of Jabez, and this man experienced pain. Spurgeon said this, there's no university for a Christian like that of sorrow and trial. Oh, listen, if we stop right there, we think that his life is finished up. We would think that his life had no hope. We would think that his life had no opportunity. We would think that God has left him out and God has forsaken him. But I want to tell you this morning, we see Jabez and his pain. But notice in verse 10, we see Jabez and his prayer. I want to tell you something this morning. Everyone's going to have trouble. All of us are going to go through suffering. All of us have to deal with caring for an elderly parent. All of us will have to deal with hospitalizations. All of us have to deal with the fact that our health will change. Things will change in life. There'll be pain. Heaviness. My wife and I made a call on a person who visited our church, a very sweet, nice person. Their second call on this person, as the Lord would have it, we had an opportunity to share the gospel with this wonderful, wonderful person. And I almost imagine this person feeling like they were in the same shoes as Jabez the other day. As for whatever reason, they felt they could trust us with some information. And honestly, my wife and I were overwhelmed with just some things this, this wonderful person shared with us and the trials and the heartache and difficulty. And at that moment, as they were talking, I just kind of got distracted from what I was saying. And, and I thought, what would I do if I was in that situation? But I want to tell you this morning, where there's pain and where there's suffering, where there's affliction, where there's heartache, thank God there's God. Amen. Thank God there's God. And Jabez was not a man that was going to let his pain and his suffering and his difficulty and his heartaches and his hardship keep him in the backside of things. He decided as a young man that he'd come out of the shadows. He decided he was not going to let this thing discourage him. He was not going to let this keep him unemployed. He was not going to let this, let this cause him to be, 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 be separate from people and isolated people. Jabez came to the place where he came and met with God. And we see Jabez and his praying this morning. Spurgeon said this, "Man will never become great in divinity, until he become great in suffering." And I want to see some things from Jabez in this prayer that he prayed in verse 10. Because God this morning has placed the heavenly spotlight, the illumination of the Word of God upon the Word of God, the illumination of the Spirit of God upon the Word of God to help you and I understand how this man prayed and how God was supernaturally and divinely intervened for this man and changed his horrible circumstances from being called painful and sorrow. Yes, he still had the name But the name was not what defined him. It's what defined this man in verse 10 was the praying that he prayed. He prays one of the greatest prayers of all the Bible. He prays a prayer that you and I must must see as an example. A prayer that you might even pray yourself tonight. Then asking God to do the same. Notice several things about this man in his prayer. Notice in verse 10 we see the devotion in his prayer. And Jabez is connecting his sorrow with the fact he says, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm getting out of the place in the doldrums. I'm getting out of my suffering. I'm coming out of the mud and I'm going to go meet the master, amen. And the Bible says, and Jabez called on God. Not only on God, but he called on the God of Israel. And I remind you this morning, you're going to pray a lot of prayers. Make sure what you do first is you call into God who made you. Call to God who wants to save your soul, Amen. The Bible says he called on the God of Israel. What you notice here as we, we look at that, you say, why would God put that there? I think God wants us to learn something. Number one, as he called on the God of Israel, he was calling upon the God of his forefathers or of the patriarchs. He was calling upon the same God that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob called upon. He was calling upon the same God that Joseph called upon. He was calling upon the same God that Job called upon. He was calling upon the same God that Joshua called upon. He was calling the same God that Pastor Fong calls upon. And if you're saved and born again and know Jesus Christ your Savior, the same God you can call upon. He's saying, listen, the same entryway that my forefathers had with you, Lord, I'm coming to you for that reason. He called on the God of his patriarchs. He called on the God who was personal. Listen, he could come to God because he had a personal relationship with God. May I tell you this morning the most important thing to have as you leave church today is a personal relationship with God. God is not interested in you and I having religion, and God is not interested in you and I having a creed. What God is interested in you and I is having a relationship with the God of all the universe. A relationship that realizes you can call God your heavenly father. A relationship that helps you realize the creator of all the universe wants me to have fellowship with him. To realize the God of all grace not only saves you by his grace, but he keeps you going through his grace. And he grows you in grace there. Notice he called upon the God who is personal to him. I wonder this morning, do you have a personal faith in Jesus Christ? But notice something very interesting. It says he called him the God of, notice this next word, Israel. Israel means God prevails. The first mention of the name Israel was when, when uh, Jacob was wrestling with the angel at, at Peniel. That angel, of course, was the pre-incarnate appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jacob held on to the angel. The angel said, listen, I'm going to change your name, Jesus. I'm going to change your name. Your name's no longer going to be Jacob, which means a supplanter. Your name is going to be Israel for that as a prince that had power with God. He had prevailed with God in prayer. And listen, he called upon God as a God who prevails. Let me tell you something. God is bigger than our problems. And God is bigger than our depression. And God is bigger than our diseases. And God is bigger than our circumstances. God is bigger than that because he's the God who prevails this morning. Amen. We see his devotion. Listen, prayer begins when you get connected with God. Prayer begins when you enter to that holy space with God. And you close the door behind you, enter that prayer closet, and spend time with the God of all heaven. And you can call him your Heavenly Father and realize that he entertains you and brings you into his presence. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace and we maintain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And we see this morning, we see the devotion in his praying. But you notice something very important in verse 10. Notice the desperation in his praying. Now, listen very carefully. Oh, oh, his name meant sorrow and pain. Oh, thou wouldst bless me. He wasn't praying a simple, trite prayer when we don't know what to say and we run out of words and our vocabulary is limited and we're not sure really what to say. And so we pray something like this, Lord, bless bless Alan and bless Anthony and bless Daniel and bless bless Irwin and bless Justin and bless Grace and bless this person and that person. Bless Brother Frank and bless Mary. He wasn't praying something there because he didn't know what to pray. He was praying something that was all-encompassing. He was praying for something that he needed beyond himself. He was asking God to bless him. He was begging. begging. God, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. He wasn't just calling to God. He was begging God. He was pleading with God. He said, please, God, I need you to bless me. Please, God, I need your power. He was like Jacob, who wrestled with the angel of Peniel. And as Jacob held on that angel at that nighttime, all the way through the morning time, the angel said, let me go. He said, daybreak is coming. Let me go. And Jacob held on to him as a a wrestler clinging on to his opponent. He says, I'm not going to let you go, except thou bless me. And if you'll notice in your Old Testament, there's only two places where the phrase bless me is used, once with Jacob, the other time with Jabez. And maybe perchance that Jabez thought about that incident with Jacob, how Jacob wrestled with the angel down there, Peniel. And Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And so Jabez is holding on to God. He said, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. I won't let you go except thou bless me. He was like the nobleman, who we'll see shortly in our series, Nothing But The Truth. In John chapter 4, this nobleman who was a very aristocratic man, a very rich man, a very influential man, but he got news that his son was dying, and he walked 15 to 20 miles from Capernaum all the way there to the city of Cana to meet with Jesus. He walked by himself. He made his way there, and as he met Jesus, he came to him. He said, Sir, come down, ere my son die. He said, Jesus, I'm not going to leave you. You've got to come with me. You've got to go back to Capernaum with me. You've got to go with me. He says, Sir, come down, ere my son die. This man, Jabez, prayed like that. Man. He prayed like the Syrophoenician woman who had a daughter who was demon-possessed and she prayed this prayer. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And if you study that prayer in Matthew 15, that prayer of that woman, she was not going to go unless God blessed her. Hey, this kind of praying that's desperate is realizing unless you get the blessing of God, you're a loser. Unless you get the blessing of God, you're not going to make it. Listen, desperate praying is praying in the Holy Ghost. Desperate praying is praying that knows everything is dependent Upon God. Desperate praying is praying because there is no plan B. Desperate praying is wrestling with God until He says yes. Desperate praying is praying that works, praying that wrestles, and praying that waits on God. Desperate praying is what changes our circumstances. Desperate praying was changes people. Hey, listen this morning. Desperate praying was changes you and changes me. He said, Bless me. Bless me, oh God. Bless me, oh God. Bless me in my preaching. Oh Lord, bless me in my Bible reading. Lord, bless me in my walk in the spirit. Lord, bless me. Me that I could be used of you to bring people to a knowledge of your son Jesus Christ Lord bless me in serving you Lord bless me in being a blessing to others Lord bless me Lord bless me Lord bless me without God there's no blessings blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1.3. Lord, bless me that my husband or my unsaved husband, my unsaved wife would get saved. Lord, bless me as a student that my unsaved father and mother would get saved. Lord, bless Heritage Baptist Church as we're on the 20th anniversary of this church that this church would have a breakout time and God, you would help us expand. Bless us that we'd have, we would we would plant the DNA of this type of church in church, cities all around our area and around the world. Lord, bless that we would see more souls saved. Lord, bless us that have a missionary endeavor. Lord, bless that we'd see leaders raised up. Lord, bless this church that preachers are sent out. Lord, bless this church that we'd see miraculous answers to prayer. He said, bless me. Oh, that thou'st blessed me indeed. Listen, this morning, you're not gonna have God's blessing unless you're serious with God and get a hold of him like Jacob did and get a hold of him like David did and cry out with all your heart with the sorrow that you have and tears coming down and you say something like this oh that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast he was desperate he wasn't going to let God go unless God blessed we see the devotion is praying we see the desperation is praying notice something else in verse 10 notice Would you notice just the daring in his praying? He said, bless me indeed. Whatever my hand touches, Lord, bless it. Wherever you send me, Lord, bless it. Whatever your will is for my life, Lord, bless it. You young marrieds and you older marrieds, you ought to pray, God, bless our marriage. Bless the raising of our family. Put your hand upon us. And then he prayed something that very few of us pray for. He was daring. An author by the name of Mark Batterson would say something like this. He prayed a bodacious prayer, whatever bodacious means, amen. Look at verse 10 and enlarge my coast. He wanted more. He wanted more. Not for himself, but for God. Last Sunday night, I was preaching about Zebulun, one of Jacob's sons, Zebulun. And I said this at the tail end of the message that the Bible describes, Jacob said that his borders shall extend all the way up to Zidon, and when that prophecy was given by, by Jacob to Zebulun, they were down in Egypt. Now, Egypt was way down south, down over here. Zidon, which became a very which was tied to Tyre, Tyre and Zidon, were Gentile cities. That, as you read the New Testament, actually as you unfold from the Old New Testament, was were very prominent cities commercially and every otherwise. In fact, they they figure very prominently. God put His judgment upon Tyre and Zidon because they wouldn't believe on Him, but Zebulun. His father Jacob said, okay, we're down here in Egypt, and Zebulun at that time had no idea that how they would get into the promised land, because that would be 440 years later. But he said, you know, Zebulun, because, because of your faithfulness, he says, your reach or your border will extend all the way up to to, to Zidon, And if you take your map, that's well over 200 miles that he stretched. He says, listen, you're not going to be centralized, this little village down here that we're at here in Egypt. He says, I'm going to extend your borders. I'm going to extend your reach all the way up. Watch what he's saying here. He's saying here to Jabez. Jabez is saying to God, Jabez said, Lord, enlarge my coast. He says, Lord, I'm not content with just being just right here like that. Uh, Lord, I want you to do something with me. Lord, I want you to bless me. Lord, I want you to do more. He was asking God to do more for his life. He was asking God to enlarge his territory. He was, he was praying boldly. He was asking God courageously, do something with me. Hey listen, I don't care what kind of year you had in 2018. Maybe we need to venture out in 2019 and pray like Jabez. Lord, enlarge my coast. Lord, help me to see more done. Help me to do more in 2019. Help me more Bible reading. Enlarge my coast in Bible reading. Enlarge my coast in praying. Enlarge my coast in influence for Christ. Enlarge my coast in seeing people saved. Enlarge my capability to serve you more. You say, Pastor, I I'm a year older and I feel a year slower. Praise God. Ask God to enlarge your coast. Amen. You can ask God to enlarge your capability, enlarge your your ability, enlarge your your, your energy, enlarge your capability, your thinking, your time, that more can be done. Yes, and Jabez was not content with just praying for the blessing of God. He said, Lord, I need more. Bold praying is praying for more. Bold praying is praying for enlargement. Bold praying is praying for expansion. Bold praying is asking God to pour, pour out a blessing to you that you cannot contain. Listen, overnight, 19 years. That's been one prayer we've been praying for this church, that God you'd give us more, enlarge our coast. We started out there at the little area there in Oakland, Chinatown, at the Asian Cultural Center, not really knowing where we'd go. We just thought we'd be an Oakland centralized church. God moved us from there to East Oakland, and we started to branch out there. We kept on praying, enlarge our coast. God took us over here to San Leandro, which is a miracle property to itself. God has brought us over here, and after several months, God opened the opportunity for us to purchase this property when we had no money. And listen, today. Now God is expanding our coast. We've got people coming from as far as Petaluma and Cupertino. We've got people coming down from Mountain House and Livermore. We've got people coming down from San Jose, Santa Clara. We've got people coming from all over the area. God's enlarged our coast. We've got families that are coming up to me and saying, Pastor, would you start a church in this area? Where if We drive an hour in. Can we start a church in that area? Hey, that's good praying. We need to pray for God to enlarge our coast, enlarge our borders, and do more for God. Large my cos. Little praying, little results. Little faith, little results. Big praying, big results. Faith praying, big results. From the very get-go, we prayed for property. And those of you new to the church, you do know, you have you weren't there. But the unfolding of this dream, this vision of God, it's all of God. all of God. we for power, and God blesses. we praying for people, and God blesses. We're praying for laborers, and God blesses. we praying for souls to be saved, and God blesses. My wife and I met with one of our members, Cindy Wong, a few years ago, and she had just graduated from college, and Cindy was one of our young ladies. She's engaged to get married to Carlo Pineda, and I think they're going to be a great serving couple. And um, she, she, got, she got reached and saved through our, one of our first children's ministries, our Chinatown Bible Club that we had at that time down in the Oakland Chinatown area. And in spite of a lot of her friends not sticking out, Cindy stayed faithful. She graduated from college, she met with my wife and I, and we were praying, and I don't know, for whatever reason, I said, you know, Cindy, your mom's come to church off and on. I said, we're going to pray for something bold and big. We're going to pray for your mom and your dad to get saved. And you could tell by the look of her face that it's not that she didn't believe, but she thought, Pastor, so hard, Mrs. Fong is so hard. Their mind is not thinking about the things of God like we would do, and just, I said, let's pray for God to do that and two years ago on a Friday afternoon Cindy worked it out, she could get off of work and we met her at her home and she kind of she introduced us to her mom and her mom was busy preparing, she had a meal she was doing for people and we thought whoa man, we came in a long time She's just this lady's in the midst of just preparing a sumptuous meal for family and relatives and, and we thought it wasn't going to be a good time but she said hey, I'm glad you came and she said I'm busy cooking but I'm going to take some time to talk to you and I'm thankful on that Friday afternoon, it was about 430 in the afternoon we had sat down on the couch and she just kind of put her cooking aside and put everything on simmer and we got to explain to her what it means to be saved and how to get saved and that we have sin and Jesus died for all of our sins and she could be saved right then and there. And I thought Mrs. I thought Lena would give us a little bit of pushback. But Lena said to Mrs. Fong, she said, Mrs. Fong, I'm ready to get saved. Can I get saved right now? Amen. Well, we told her after she got saved, she comes off and on because she works on Sundays. And we said, well, we're coming after your husband. Next, she said, Pastor, my husband's going to be tough because my husband's never been to church before. And and he's just a hardworking guy, but he's going to retire next year. And we'll just, we'll, we'll see about that. We kept on praying, kept on praying. Hey, this past summer, we went to go see Mr. Wong and caught him at an opportune time. He sat down with us. And God had worked out after he retired, he started watching Chinese TV. And of all things, he happened to watch a gospel program on Chinese TV, if you can imagine that. Amen. Gospel program on Chinese TV. And I'm not sure where everything was preached, but there was enough gospel that it planted a seed in his mind. He heard the word of God, and God planted a seed in his mind. As we sat down, he started to realize he was a sinner and needed to be saved. I'm glad to tell you Cindy's father got saved this summer. Bold praying. Large my Look, I'm talking to some high schoolers, the college student, and you look at your school, whatever school it may be, it may be San Leandro High or Dublin High, or Livermore High, it might be Oakland High, it might be Oakland Tech High, it might be one of the charter schools around here, and you wonder, I'm just one voice, and the school isn't against what we believe and what we're all about, and you say, I go to UC Berkeley, and I go to UC Davis, and I go to San Jose State, and I go to Chabot College, and I go to Merritt College, and I go to Ohlone College, and I go to whatever, and you say, I'm just a lone voice among thousands, 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 hey, I have a tarot, t- t- dare you to morning to step out and say God enlarge my coast let me get past my little six units and past my little 14 units and my class is here and God used me to be a student missionary to reach students for the glory of God Amen. Enlarge my coast we see the devotion is praying we see that the, de- the uh, desperation is praying we see the daring his praying. Would you notice something else? Would you notice the dependence in his praying? Now, this is where a lot of our praying needs to model him. We pray for the blessing, but we leave something out. And he said in verse 10, no, verse 10 large my coast, and that thy hand might be with me. Lord, I can't get it done without you. Lord, I need your hand on this. I need your hand of blessing. If you want your marriage to make in 2019, you need God's hand on your marriage. You want God's hand on your studies? You need God's hand on your studies. You want God's hand upon your endeavors? You better get God's hand upon your endeavors. That thy hand might be with me. Listen to what the Bible says about that. Joshua 4.24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you might fear the Lord your God forever. 1 Kings 18.46, the Bible says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, uh, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Notice Acts 11.21. Uh, it says the hand of the Lord, actually 1 Kings 18.46, should have been talking about Elijah there. It's talking about Elijah, that God's hand was upon him, and he, and he ran all the way back to Jesuit. And then Acts 11.21 says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Listen, the greatest thing we can pray is we pray for God's blessing, as we pray for God to enlarge our coast, as we ask God to work, Work through us, we must say, God, I place all my dependence and my faith upon you. Lord, put your hand on my life. Put your hand on the teaching. Put your hand on the reading. Put your hand on the decision. God, put your hand on life. Listen, a lot of times, we don't want God's hand in our life. We want to have our hand in our way. We push God's hand off. And the only time we ask for God's hand is when we're in trouble and things seem to be over our hand. Listen, may I propose to you this morning for 2019, get God's hand on everything and anything you do this year. Amen? anything and everything you do this year to get God's hand upon it. Do you have God's hand in your life? Don't you want God's hand in your life? Then notice something else in verse 10. There was the dependence in his praying, but notice the defensiveness in his praying. Now he knew what he was praying for was large. Extraordinary. We'd say the kids would say it's humongous. Humongous. Great. Nobody in his generation prayed a prayer like, because we don't see any of the prayers recorded like like that in his generation. But he knew something about his human nature. He knew that if he didn't pray this next thing, that if God unleashed his blessings on him, it would be very easy for him to think that he accomplished it or that he did it, or that he didn't need God anymore. And so you notice he's praying defensively. He says here, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. He was praying that God, would. would, would, he began his life in sorrow, but he said, I don't want to end it in sorrow. He said, the things are changing today. That's what I'm praying. He requested God to keep him from evil. He's like how Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. He said, lead us not into temptation and keep us from evil. Lead us not into evil. He's saying, Lord, don't let me fall into evil. Don't let me become covetous. Don't let me get, let these blessings of God become an idol in my life. Lord, don't let me forget you. Lord, don't let me think as the dollar signs increase and the and 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 the and the and the, and the, and the decimal point kind of moves so that it's more favorable to me. He says, don't let me get the place where I forget you and I forsake you. Lord, keep your hand upon me that I might not see evil. Lord, keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Lord, keep me from bad choices. Lord, keep me from bad decisions. Lord, keep me from bad association. Lord, put your hand upon me and keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. He was praying for God to help him. Listen, as we look at Jabez we see a man who prayed a personal prayer. That needs to be something every one of us has is a personal prayer time. We see a man who prayed a powerful prayer. Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. He said, bless me, God. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. Lord, I can't live without your blessing. Lord, I'm not going to let you go without your blessing. He said, Lord, bless me and enlarge my coast. Lord, I'm praying for something way beyond what anybody else has asked for. Lord, I want more than whatever before that you might get the glory but he also gives us a pattern for prayer it might be this morning as we sit here thinking about that desire. Maybe God is stirring a thirst in our soul, a desire inside of our heart to pray for God to bless us and enlarge our coast. And definitely that should be the prayer of every member of Heritage Baptist Church, that God would bless us and enlarge our coast. May we say with that, we, 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 we put a caution around that and circle it with the idea. We say, Lord, keep thy hand upon me that, it, that you would keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. Oh, may God help us today to realize we see the prayer of Jabez. You don't have to be defeated and you don't have to remain in yourself And you don't have to be someone who's trodden down upon. You can get up and you can pray and you can seek the God of heaven. The Bible says that Jabez prayed to the God of Israel. And I'm telling you this morning, the same God that Jabez prayed to is the same God you and I can pray to this morning. Well, we see Jabez and his pain. His name meant sorrow. He started with the name sorrow. He carried the stigma of sorrow. We see Jabez and his praying. There's devotion in his praying. He was desperate in his praying. He was daring in his praying. He was dependent in his praying. He was defensive in his praying. But notice, would you notice something else in verse 10? Notice Jabez and his permission. Read that with me, that last part in verse 10. Would you read that together with me? Let's read all together. And God granted him that which he requested. Let's read that together, please. And God granted him that which he requested. Did you catch that? God answered his prayer exactly what he prayed for. When you're something that's, you think everybody knows this, but we don't, God wants to answer your prayers as long as you're praying meets his conditions. God wants to be real in your life. The apostle Paul said, Now to him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or thing. Paul wrote in eight, Romans 8, 31, 32, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, and he is for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God granted him that which he requested. Consider what the Bible says about answers to prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3, calling to me, and I will answer thee. Aren't you glad about that this morning? Amen? Amen. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. That's the that's, that's promise of a God who never fails. And you have to read that in the context when God gave that promise. That was a difficult time because Israel had just started going into Babylon for 70 years of captivity. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Look at John 14, verses 12 to 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do. 1 John three twenty two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing to sight. John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you abide in me, my words, words abide in you. Listen, you shall ask what you will and shall be done unto you. Here does my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. First John 5, 14, 15. This is a confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire. Hey, do you get it this morning? God answers prayers. Start your year praying like Jabez. God, I need you to answer my prayer. Your greatest prayer to pray is not for your brother or your sister. You need to pray for yourself this morning. Oh, that thou wouldst bless me. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. Lord, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless this endeavor. I'm not going to let you go until you bless this request. I'm not going to let you go until you do. bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. And that thy hand may be upon me. Keep me from evil, and it may not grieve me. You got a permission from God. Make 2019 your much answered prayer. Pray for your unsafe family members, get saved. fact, for all of us today. Make a list, renew that list, revive it of unsafe family members and friends who need the gospel, who need to get saved. Pray for the growth of the church, Pray for God's vision to be accomplished to the church. Pray for our area that many more will get saved. Pray for expanded giving to pay down our debt. Pray. Pray, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. Oh, Lord, would you bless me so I can help give a good offering for the 1K offering. Help, Lord, would you bless me so that when we have our giving by faith opportunity in the future, I can give a good offering for that. Lord, would you bless me so that, Lord, I can increase my faith, promise, pledges for mission. Lord, would you bless me? And God granted him that which requested wow, man, you look over here. We started over here. His name means sorrow. His name means pain. His name means difficulty. Basically, his name meant he was a loser. He prays this prayer. We see a shift. It's a 180-degree change. And over here, we see a man that he prays this bodacious prayer, and God granted him that which he requested. All you have to do is ask. As we close this morning, we see this man and his praying and this man is permission. Would you notice one more thing? And notice verse 9, and we're done. You notice Jabez was pleasing. Now, how did he get his prayer answered? Why was God favorably bestowed to answer his praying? Look at verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable or pleasing than his brethren. Let me say two things, I'm done with this. One, our life must be pleasing to God to pray a prayer like this. And our life is pleasing to God when we pray a prayer like that. On one end, we must realize that whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing. God has has no reason to answer our prayers if we're not living for him, amen? God does not have to answer our prayers if we're not living for him. Because if you consider John 14, he says, whatsoever the request the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do. You say, well, I, I asked in Jesus' name. Yeah, but you forgot about verse 15, because verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right, yeah. yep. Obedience, compliance, a cleansed heart are absolutely Necessary. And you know something else I read about this look again Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. You know what? Here's a here's a guy everybody talked down on him. Everybody criticized him. <coughs> People talked behind his back. People didn't nobody wanted to be his friend. You know what I, what I like about this man? It says he's more honorable than his brethren. He didn't let the scuttlebug and the criticisms and the scorn and all that junk affect him where he got bitter with people. He just decided, you know what? I've got adversity in my life, but I'm just going to keep living for God. Amen? I'm going to keep living for God. So I'm more honorable than his brethren. Hey, listen, you're going to get discouraged in the Christian life, and you're going to get, someone's going to disappoint you, someone's going to hurt you. Just be more honorable than your brethren. Amen? Don't let discouragement keep you out of church. Don't let sin keep you out of the church. Don't let disparaging things keep you out of church. Don't let your imagination run wild and get a perception everybody's against you. Everybody's not against you because God is for you. Back in the days before we had Boeing 777s and so forth like that, that did transatlantic and transpacific flights, Everybody traveled from, from one side of the continent to the other by, by ship. A man of Europe wanted to travel from Europe to the United States. A man did not have a well-paying job. But just like his family members who had immigrated before him, they came to the land of opportunity. Opportunity. And he dreamed and thought about coming to America as a place of opportunity where he could make a living and apply for immigration status here, residency status, and ultimately citizenship status. And he thought about that. But this man was, did, didn't have, wasn't very well to do, and so he saved, and he saved, and he saved. finally, he saved enough money to buy a ship ticket to go from Europe all the way to America. As he was preparing for this, he started thinking, but wow, well, I've only got enough to buy the ticket. And he says, man, it's going to be a long journey. It's going, be, it's going to be a couple of weeks here on that journey, and I've got to have something to eat. I don't know how I'm going to survive on all that. And so he started carefully rationing food, and he just decided, you know, I've got to have two kinds of food that will make it on the ship there so that the moisture and all that, the humidity and things won't affect it. And he decided that he would, he would bring cheese and crackers with him. Now, I don't, know how cracker, I don't know how cheese makes it through all that, but it does, Okay. And he saved all these cheese and crackers. He had a suitcase full of cheese and crackers. And he boards the ship, and he gets on there. He says, "Okay, I got to be careful." And he started looking at what he had, and he started rationing. He said, "Okay, I'll eat this for breakfast. I'll eat this for lunch. I'll eat this for dinner. I've got to be very careful when eating these small portions because I won't have enough there." And after the first day, he started noticing as he was eating, he was okay. But after the first day, he started noticing that everybody else on the ship made their way to the to the deck area where people got their meals. And he thought, well, where are these people going? And he went over there and he looked to the window and he saw these people sitting out these, these tables where there's white tablecloth and they had silverware and plates and, and they were being fed subjects a food. And he said, man, I wish I had enough money to buy, buy a meal there and I could eat up with these people there. But he said, I just got to eat my cheese and crackers. And so he went back in the corner there while everybody else was enjoying their meals. He was eating his cheese and crackers. Four or five days went by and if you're like, you're like me, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know man should, Jesus said man should not live by bread alone. Amen, you know? A man cannot live by bread alone. I guarantee you, man cannot live by cheese and crackers alone. Amen. This man started looking after four or five days, after three meals a day of cheese and crackers. He looked at that suitcase full of cheese and crackers, and he says, "I've had it with cheese and crackers." He says, "I don't know if I can eat any more, but I've got to do this, or otherwise I won't make it to America." and one of the passengers on the ship took pity on him and looked at this man and one of them said, sir, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? He says, you know, all of us are going over here to the ship deck. We're going over here to over here in the, the, in the dining room where we're all eating here three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We can go here and get get our, our sacks and so forth there. And they said, sir, what are you doing? You've been eating these cheese and crackers. He said, you don't understand. I only had enough money to buy a ticket to, buy, to get on the ship. And so I prepared myself that I filled the suitcase full of cheese and crackers. And he said, I only enough money to buy a ticket to get on the ship. And the man said this to him so don't you realize that the meals are included in the price of the ticket your meals have already been paid for Want to hear something this morning when you get Jesus as your Savior you have a direct access to the Father in heaven for answer prayer everything's paid for Amen? a lot of us are like this man we think God is limited and we think God is not powerful, and we think God can't do it, and God can't take care of our need, and so we kind of get ourselves in a the corner there with a suitcase full of cheese and crackers, and we're subsisting on less than the best, and we're living below the poverty line level of God's blessings and God's economy. When God says, call to me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest know it's not, we have a God who wants to answer our prayer. We have a God who says, why not you pray, bless me and enlarge my coast, but instead we want to sit in a little corner because we don't believe God is able. I'm going to tell you this morning, as we start this year, God is more than able. It all comes with the price of the ticket. And the best part of it is Jesus paid the price for you. Jesus died for your sins. Why would anybody in the right mind try to work their way to heaven? But there's not enough good works we can do to get into heaven. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. Listen, it is the gift of God, not of works. You'll just be like that hamster going in the circle. You're gonna keep doing good works, there'll never be enough good works to get you there. Listen, it's paid in full, it's taken care of. Faith alone in Jesus Christ saves you from your sins and gets you to heaven, he paid it all. And I can't think of a better Sunday than the first Sunday of the year, open your heart Say, Jesus, I need you today to save me. I don't understand everything, but I'm putting my faith and trust in you alone to save me from my sins, to bring me into your family, and to give me the gift of eternal life. Christian, would you pray, bless me? Or are you just gonna leave and just be like that man just subsisting on cheese and crackers? Not Jabez. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me, bless me, bless me and enlarge my coast. Father, this morning, around the room there's a hunger and a thirst. God, you bless us. We would remove the ceilings the walls, the things impeding us. to God, I pray this morning, hundreds and hundreds of us today would make the prayer of Jabez the prayer of our life. Oh God, that thou wouldst bless me, enlarge my coast, and that thy hand may be upon me, and thou, thou wouldest keep me from evil. Amen, grieve me. How many of God's people this morning would say, Pastor, pray for me. God spoke to me today. The prayer of Jabus is my prayer today. You'd raise your hand and say, pray for me. The prayer of Jabus is my prayer. Certainly more people want God's blessing than that. Certainly more people want God's blessing than that. Are you praying, God, bless me? Bless me? Little praying, little blessings. Little faith, little blessings. You can put your hands down. Mommy would say this morning, Pastor Fong, I'm not sure I'm saved and going to heaven. I've put it off, I've put it off, I've put it off. I want to start this year right. I know I'm a sinner. I know Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I'm open this morning to exercising faith and calling on Jesus to save me. Would you pray for me? I need to, I need to get saved. Would you pray for me? I need to get saved today. Anyone like that? Some here today, you're not sure you're saved, but you know you need Christ today. When you going to give the invitation. Let's start the year off right. It ought to be husbands and wives and families, high schoolers together, college students together, young adults together, ladies together, men together ought to be that we just make our way standing or kneeling at the front of the altar and saying, God, my prayer this year is that you'd bless me. Husbands, lead the way. Husbands, lead your wives. Single parents, lead the way. Single people, lead the way. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me and enlarge my coast. Let's not delay. As I give the invitation, just a moment, you come and let's pray that prayer. God, bless me. Father, have your way this morning. Bless us, we pray indeed. Enlarge our coast. Lord, I pray you help us to imagine what, God, you can do. Give us a renewed vision for our life, for our ministry, and what you can do. Lord, bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast. I pray for this in Jesus' name. As we stand, you make your way forward. Come together. Whoever you need to come with, let's find our way. Standing, kneeling, whatever it may be. Come and pray. Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, bless me indeed. Come this morning. Lord, bless me indeed. You have some people you need. you're burning for. They get saved lord bless me indeed you have a health struggle some difficulty lord bless me indeed lord bless me indeed to pray that high schooler would you claim your campus college student would you claim your campus those of you who work in a corporation somewhere where you can have influence for christ would you pray that prayer lord bless me indeed and enlarge my coast maybe you live in a city far away from here lord bless me indeed enlarge my coast help me to do something to reach our city lord bless me indeed enlarge my coast We'll wait just a few minutes longer. Many have come. How about you today? Many are praying around the, around the room. Lord, bless me indeed. The Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Maybe there's something that's blocking and hindering us from seeing God answer those prayers. Today, let's make sure we are honorable like Jabez. He prayed to the God of Israel. God is a God who prevails. God is more than able. How about it this morning? Bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. And then this morning, if you're not saved, I invite you today. If the Holy spirit speaking to you, you feel like your heart's about to jump out your chest. That's because God wants you to get saved. Don't put it off. Call on the Lord of glory. He can save you today. Simply tell Jesus, you know, your sinner he needs to be saved. Ask him to save you today. Father, around the room this morning, thank you for your people listening so attentively on this first Sunday of the year. Lord, we have a great yearning desire that you'd bless us indeed and enlarge our coast. Father, thank you for Jabez, thank you for his example. Thank you for the motto he leaves us. Thank you, Lord. There is a yearning in his soul that, God, you do something great in his life. Do something great for us.